Episode 40. Screw the kids. This is our marriage. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And I'm pretty excited because we just realized that this is our 40th episode. This is. That's... uh, This is big time for us. Seems like we keep hitting all these milestones with our podcast. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, we're closing in on 50 episodes now. Yeah. We actually should hit 50 before the end of the year. We should. Yeah. Yeah. We will. Wow. Woohoo. Thank you. A great big thank you goes out to all of you. We've been um, getting a lot of feedback that you're passing this on to your friends and we're seeing our Facebook fan page uh, grow and you know all of a sudden we've got all these new fans out there so that's incredibly exciting to us um, yeah I want to thank all you guys out there who who answer our weekly question and it, it's cool to see what you guys what you guys say because it really makes me think when I click on and I see what you guys are saying like this week's this past week's one was uh when you're down, what does your spouse do for you that makes you feel loved and better? And, you know, the comments that you guys give us are just, they're awesome. And if you haven't been there and you haven't checked out what people are saying, go check it out and, and leave your comment there too because the, the one community is about helping each other. And I, and I know for a fact, and or we know for a fact that what you guys say is felt from others in the community. Mm-hmm. They take your advice. They, they hear you. They try new things. And you know why? It's because this community is a loving community. We're here to support each other. As you can tell, we don't have a bunch of bickering and jabbing going on, you know, on Facebook or even with my Twitter ac- account. I mean, we're here to love on you guys. And by doing that, others are doing it and we just support each other. Well, and and what I've come to realize is that you all have a common goal with us. You all want to see your marriages succeed and be extraordinary. Yep. And I think having that common goal really comes through in the comments we get, whether it's via email or whether it's posted on the Facebook page or whether it's posted on oneextraordinarymarriage.com, wherever you choose to comment or share a or part of who you us. are yeah. with us, it really comes across that your focus is on making your marriage work. Yep. And that's awesome. And that, you know, in this day and age, when you hear all the statistics about the number of people that are getting divorced and how easy it is to get a divorce, it is very encouraging mm-hmm. to know that there are so many people who want to make their marriage work, yep. who aren't willing to take the easy way out and say, you know what? Yeah, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's wrong. I don't want to put the energy in to fix it. You guys are saying, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to invest in my marriage. I'm going to put the energy in right. to make it what we want it to be. And that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. And you know, from listening to Elisa and I, and if you talk to any of your friends who are truthful and honest with you and have taken the mask off, you know that most marriages are not perfect. I would I would find it hard to believe if you could find one that is perfect. And Elise and I don't come here behind the mics and let you know that we are the perfect ones and you need to follow everything we say. Far be from us to say that because those of you that have listened to us for any length of time are probably laughing right now saying, no, you guys are more screwed up than we are. Um, (laughs) Because we come to you, warts and all. We come to you coming out of fights either with each other or with the kids or when our weeks are bad or when, you know, it just seems like things are a struggle. Yeah. And and I want to bring up something that I brought up last week with my whole mouth issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after bringing that up and we got a couple of comments and I, and I just want to bring it up to you guys and just say, I'm sorry, because one of the things about the podcast is being truthful and honest with you guys, transparent, vulnerable. And I will have to say the whole thing that has been 
going on with my mouth and my stomach area for the last three months, and I haven't spoken about it until now, it's because I want to have control. I want to take control of it. I want it to go away, and I don't want to tell anybody about it. Um, and I'm telling you guys, because last week when I finally opened up and just let it go and released it to God and to you, I am telling you, it started to turn around. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent better, but the issue with my mouth has decreased considerably. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm letting go a lot of what has been hampering me. I think over the last three months is some stress issues with things that we're building with one and what I got going on with fit marriage and also with uh, my full-time business, the dent dude. And really I think I've just been scared to tell anybody. I have not gone to anybody in prayer until last week. And I just want to say sorry because that's not what this is about. This is about me being truthful and honest to you guys and not doing that. I think caused more pain to me. Well, and I wonder, you know, as you say this in just some of the emails that we've received over the last couple of weeks, it makes me wonder how many of our listeners not necessarily are experiencing the same symptoms Mm -hmm. that you are, but how many of them might be experiencing health issues, health problems because of stress in their life that they're not sharing with their spouses. Right. And... yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make some kind of big jump here, but stress can when you internalize itself. it manifests itself in a lot of different ways physically. Mm-hmm. And if there are those of you out there that are experiencing kind of un, uh, inexplicable symptoms, you might want to take a look and say, "What am I holding back? Right? What haven't I shared? What, what is?" kind of eaten away at me that maybe I need to sit down and and have a conversation with my spouse. I need to say, you know what, this is bugging me. And it may not even be related to the marriage. Right. Oh, it doesn't have to be related to the marriage. You know, stress is stress and our bodies as complicated as they are, (laughs) have to have a release for that energy. Right. Some way. And, you know, I mean, it was a while before Tony even told me there was anything going on with his mouth. I mean, we were even talking a couple of weeks ago and he's like, well, I haven't been able to taste your meals for probably a good month, two months. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? No, I, I cook dinner every night and you're telling me you haven't really been able to taste it for two months. That seems like something I should have known. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And that's why last week when I, when I finally released it, it was, it was sort of that, you know what? This is off my chest. I'm not perfect. As much as I want to be perfect, God, I want to be perfect. I know I'm not. And just letting that go last week has decreased the pain that I have have had in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just letting go. I, I am a control freak by nature at times, specifically when it comes to my cycling and when it comes to my businesses. And so I get ramped up and I get on this, this very focused mindset and I put my blinders on and I just go. Um, and I am able to endure large amounts of pain that most people would not be able to. And I've been told this by my doctors. So I just keep on going and going and going. I, I did go see a doctor. Uh, Woo-hoo! Uh, yes. How long did that take you? How long did it take me on? Exactly. It took me a while. I I got a good recommendation from one of my cycling buddies. I have had issues going to the doctor because the doctor prior to this visit, it was some kid. And for those of you who are in your 20s, that's and even in your like mid 20s, that's who I'm talking to. Um, 37 years old. When I go ancient, I'm not. I'm not ancient. I'm not ancient. ancient. I'm not ancient. It's just when I go to the doctor. I want to be talked to and not looked down upon from some 20 something year old med student who's just graduated or some doctor who just graduated. So I had an issue with the doctor. Luckily, one of my cycling buddies is a doctor referred me to his doctor who is also a cyclist 
And that helps me out because I have a common bond with this man. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about cycling. We can talk about what we're doing. He understands. And so as we're talking through the conversation, I'm telling him what's going on, what is, what is bugging me. Uh, he talks about my cycling, my eating. And basically what he came down to was I have irritable bowel syndrome, possibly. Possibly. Uh, he's doing some, he's doing some tests. He says, it sounds like it's an irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, he took some blood. He's going to run blood. Other than that, we talked about the stress issue and he did bring up that high levels of stress can come out and manifest itself in many forms. And it's not just the stress that I have with my businesses, but the stress I put upon my body through cycling and what I think I should be doing. So I just want, I, I again, uh, why I brought this up is because you guys need to know the truth. The, the main thing about this podcast, what Elise and I have said from the beginning, we are transparent. We are open. We are honest with you. I haven't been. And just ask for you guys to, to pray, forgive me for my misfortunes. I'll probably do it down the road again, but at this point in time, I had to bring that up to you and um, keep the prayers coming because I truly believe that God is hearing them because I am feeling much better. It's always interesting to me when you admit that you're a control freak. <laughs> because I'm so laid back? Well, because you're always getting on me for being a control, because we are control freaks in different areas of our lives and marriage. And so right. to actually hear you admit that you're a control freak, it just, it brings a little smile to my face. I understand. Because you know you're usually it's just tough. It. I mean, there's just it, there are just times and when you know things are happening with the business or mm -hmm. businesses that I don't tell you stuff. Right. Um, I have told you this before. I know. Um, and it's just one of those ways as a husband to not always bring everything to you. I know you have plenty on your plate, and to me, it's not really worthwhile to always burden you with these issues. Although I know I should, I don't. And it's something I'm working on. Fortunately for me, I've been, been, um, speaking with a good friend of mine and over the last couple of months we've grown closer together mm -hmm. and we have had a, an amazing week this week of just bonding and talking truthfully to each other. And it's probably the first male friend I've had where we can really dig deep like this mm -hmm. where we're going. So, well, and I think that's, that's an important point in and of itself Yeah, is that both husbands and wives need to have a good friend, you know, really kind of moving into that sort of best friend category that you can be completely transparent with. I mean, I, I understand that you're not going to share all the, burdens of your business. I just, I know that's not who you are. You're not going to burden me and our marriage with necessarily all of the intricate details of what is going on in your businesses. Right. I, I just, that's just the way it well, is. Well, And even for this one, this one is different than any other that I've dealt with. And one of the big reasons having been self-employed for seven years, I don't really talk much about income or gross income to people. And with this guy, I've been able to open up in the last week or so and do that. And you know what? That's a big weight off my shoulder. It, it just is. It's good to be able to just tell another male friend. And it's not boasting. It's not bragging. It's just going, man, this is where I'm at. This is where we are financially. This is what's happening. C can you pray for me here? Can you, can you shed some light on this for me? Mm -hmm. And as a guy that sometimes is necessary and it's, and it's helpful and it's helping me just even in this week, just to sort of let go of that sort of stuff and not always hold it so close to the chest. Cause I've never had anybody to, to do that with that. I trusted. And that's, that's a big, that's a big component of it mm. that, yeah. you know, the trust factor when you're choosing to be transparent, you have to know, that that trust level is there yeah because you're, you're choosing to make yourself vulnerable and you know that plays out in our marriages mm -hmm. too you know so often 
you know, through whatever hurts or things that have happened, you know, maybe that trust level isn't where it needs to be. Right. And, you know, here's a, here's a prime example in a friendship where when that trust level is really high, you're able to share and, you know, it's not a burden to your friend. He's happy to come alongside you. And, and so, you know, think about that in your marriage relationships. You know, am I giving my spouse the level of trust they need? Have, have we built that level of trust? Right. You know, and I don't, you know, I, I hear this all the time and I see it, you know, my spouse is my best friend. And in a lot of respects, I think that's true. But I think for health reasons, to, to keep you balanced, you also need to have a same sex best friend. Right. Because I think there are some things that we don't tell our spouses. And I think that's okay. I mean, obviously the big things, you need to keep those lines of communication open with. But there are things with Tony's business that don't necessarily interest me or that I can't relate to. But if he can talk to another buddy in a similar situation and say, okay, you know, this is what I'm wrestling with, they're going to have a connection that I can't give Tony. Right. Oh, yeah. Like when we're dealing with customers that we just are driving us nuts. Right. I mean, there are just there are just different things. It's I got a different some colleagues dynamic. That I do that with. It's a different dynamic. Right. Husband, wife versus you know, best guy friends, best girlfriends. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to nurture those relationships. It's important to encourage your spouse to have those relationships. And you and should thing, encourage though. those relationships. Right. But here's the thing, though, too. For those of you who are searching, don't give up. Because if I would have given up, I would have never gone to where I am today. And I've gone through, and not in a bad way, but I have reached out to a number of different guys and have had sit-down meetings with them, gone to Starbucks, talked to them, done Bible studies with them. I have gone out and searched mm-hmm you know, put myself in a position where I could. And yes, there were times when it was discouraging because we weren't on those same pages, but every single person I met and discussed stuff with has brought me to where I am today. So if I, if I would have never gone out of the boat, I would have not gone to where I am today. And if all of you can remember when the disciples are on the boat and the waves are crashing in, who gets out of the boat? It's Peter. And when Peter is out there and he's walking on water and he has a size, his eyes on Jesus, he's up. It's when, when we take our eyes away from Jesus and when Peter took his eyes away from Peter or from P, when Peter took his eyes away from Jesus that he started to sink. And so even though I was going through these, these meetings and discussions in these small groups with guys, I still have my eyes on Jesus and Jesus has now given me an awesome guy friend that I can talk to Mm -hmm. and discuss stuff with. So don't get discouraged. Don't, don't feel like you're never going to meet anybody. I I know that feeling because I've been there too, but I never stopped looking at Jesus and going, okay, it's going to happen. Absolutely. And, And I don't care where you are in life. That needs to happen. If it's your marriage right now, that's choppy. You're out on the water and it's choppy, you know, and you're both just sitting in the boat, hoping it doesn't sink. Maybe it's time to get out of the boat and start putting your eyes on Jesus and start walking towards them together, hand in hand. And so it's, it's, it's one of these things in life where if we never get out, if we never start, we're never going to get where we want to be. And, you know, it's sort of interesting because Elisa and I do talk about the episodes and we're up to 40 episodes and, and, you know, it's going to be a big thing when we hit 50 and when we hit a hundred, but you know, if we never got up off our asses and said, we're going to make this happen, we wouldn't be at 40 episodes. We wouldn't be here today changing marriages like we are. We wouldn't get the emails and the voicemails and the connections we have with you guys if we didn't get out of the boat. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's hard to do it, but man, is it worthwhile. Man, is it just so amazing when 
today we got an email that Elisa's going to read. And I'm serious. It, it brought tears to my eyes. When I hear that we, Elisa and I, speaking behind these mics, are transforming your marriages, it hits me. It really does. Because if I didn't get out of the boat, if Elisa and I didn't go through some of the struggles we've gone through, if we didn't go through some of the struggles that we go through three months ago with one in the podcast and where we're going with this, we wouldn't be where we are today. And to know that God has put us here to change people's marriages, to change your lives, it, it, it touches me. It, it really does. And, and, and I'm, I'm one and you guys know, man, I'll, I'll tear up because it, it's just God just, it, he's just putting it on me and, and I'm just, I'm blessed to be a part of your life. Well, and it's been, um, this email that I'm going to read, we've been having email correspondence back and forth. Her name's Samantha and, um, just a lot going on mm-hmm. with the two of them. And, you know, it's, we never know <laughs> unless you guys tell us if, if we're talking to air, you know, it's like, <laughs> they're just, sometimes we're like, wow, I wonder if anybody's out there. And then you guys let us know. Yeah that you are out there and and we were having the conversation earlier today that one extraordinary marriage, that name, part of it came from our desire and and the recognition. I remember sitting across the table at one point in time saying, if we change one marriage, Mm -hmm. just one, will it have been worth it? And the answer to that question a year ago when we, very much we're in the beginning stages of all of this was yes. Mm -hmm. If doing everything that we did, all the hours we invested, whatever it was going to be a year ago when this was just a little baby project for us, if we touched one couple's life, Mm -hmm. it was all worth it. And I, I just, I have to read, the last little paragraph, not little, um, Samantha has been very, um, very open and transparent with us and has given us a lot of their story. And she'd written a lot about what's going on with them and just some of the things that have been up and down over the last week. And here's how she closed her email. She said, thank you guys again so much. I feel forever grateful to you for saving my marriage, my family, and most of all my life. I know it seems a bit extreme, but I really truly believe that me finding you guys and listening to your podcast and your challenge to my marriage to make it better and not give up has honestly saved my life. I don't think I would still be around to writing. I don't think I would still be around to be writing this to you today if it wasn't for you guys and your message. It is tough for me to admit that, but I know it's true. That was the point that I was at. I had nowhere to turn and lacked the strength inside me to turn to God. A mistake I know, but I think he heard my prayers by sending me to you. Thank you. That's just kind of, um, it's humbling. Very. It's encouraging. <laughs> very much. It, it's very, when we hear that, it's, it's... I mean, we were reading this and actually Tony had the message up on his Blackberry. And so, you know, you've got two of us in, in our kitchen <laughs> scrolling through... Um, reading her whole message and then getting to this and my eyes must have been big as saucers because you know one marriage Mm -hmm. and she's her marriage isn't the first we know it won't be the last we know that you guys know that we're just ordinary people talking about marriage and and that's that's who we want to be we want to be we want to be a voice for the marriages out there that are committed to making it work in spite of all the crap that we're dealt with on a daily basis. We want to, we want to celebrate with you guys when you send us that message saying, you know what? We sat down and had a conversation and my marriage is back on track. We want to celebrate with you guys when you say we did date night for the first time last night in months. And it was, it was awesome. We, we, 
we are putting, you know, some of your principles into practice and it's making a difference. We shared your message with somebody. We, we want to celebrate those moments with you. And when things aren't going so great, when you need somebody to come alongside you, contact us. Yep. Send us that message. Let us be prayer warriors for you. Let us, you know, whether we incorporate part of an email or a phone call into our, the mess into our podcast so that other people can relate to what you're saying. Because the one thing I've learned over the last year of doing this is that while everybody's circumstances are unique, a lot of us have the same problems. Yep. And this is a community that shares that burden and people can relate and people can say, you know what? I've been there. Mm-hmm. Or, oh my gosh, you know, every once in a while when we do a your marriage and, and people are like, oh yeah, we've been through that and this is what we did or this is how congratulations on getting through it. And, you know, these are in one sense strangers, but in another sense friends saying, you know what? We're doing this together. Yeah. No, totally. And just know if you email us, we're going to shoot you straight. Don't, we're not going to be, Hey, everything's going to get better. We're, we're going to shoot you straight, man. And we're going to, and it's going to be some tough love and it may not be what you want to hear, but I'm telling you, we're not saying it and we're not doing it to be mean spirited. We're doing it because we want you to have the marriage you want. And sometimes you need a little shot in the arm, a little kick in the butt to wake you up to give you that little wake up call, the cold shower to open your eyes, to realize that something's up and you've been hiding from it and you, and everybody around you, as much as they love you, they're not telling you straight. And Elisa and I have no problem telling you straight and it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Cause I, I love you guys. I do the, the relationships that we have built over this time. They are important to me. They really are. Because I'm a relational type of guy. I love you guys, honestly. But I know sometimes, just like myself, and just like with me not realizing that I needed to open up and tell you about my mouth and stomach issues, I need you need somebody to give you a little kick in the butt. So, man, that's been our week. Yeah. <laughs> and if you got, man, if you guys have stories, let us know. 858 858- Eight seven six five six six three. Ask Tony at one extraordinary marriage dot com. Ask Elisa at one extraordinary marriage dot com. Hit us up on Facebook. You can friend us there, either of us. And if you want to message us through there, at one on fire is my Twitter, and uh, we can connect there as well. So we we want to hear it. We want to know what's going on. If if you feel that you have a story to tell and you want to share it with the community, let me know. Uh, we title those your marriage. And your marriage is unique. It is between you and your spouse. And there are things that you've gone through that others haven't. There are things that you have gone through that others have. And they need to hear it. Mm-hmm. They need to hear how you, you're making it through, how you're working through it. So you just let us know because we love those stories. Absolutely. So you want to talk about... Uh, so here's... I, I, here, here I, I don't want to transition if you're still... No, I'm transitioning. Let's okay. roll it. Okay. Uh, so obviously we're talking about kids tonight and, uh, and not just, you know, the cute, warm, cuddly side of kids, but the fact that kids are a major stressor. What are you looking at? No, I'm just saying we named it again. Oh, we named it. Screw the kids. This is our marriage. Yeah. And the reason we named it this is because the emails that we get time and time again, it seems like, oh, they open up like this. We're having issues and we have kids. And you know what? Every time I read that, it just sort of like bugs me because Elisa and I have kids. If you didn't know that already, we have two of them and we took our marriage from a point that was pretty much in the dumps at times and crappy worked through all that to where we are now. We had kids through all that. When we did our first and only 60 days of sex. Don't look at me like that. You're not getting another 60. <laughs> it will come, There will come a day when we will go again. Um, but when we did our first 60 days of sex, Alex was five. Going on. Five, they, were they 
Alex was five and Abby was two. And we were at a point in our marriage where we had plateaued. We didn't know what was going to happen. And in those two years, we've still had those kids and they have grown up and they have talked back more and they have cried more and they have done everything more. We use the lock on our bedroom door a lot more too. We use our, (laughs) we use a lock on our bedroom door. Yes. And so it's when I get an email and it says, oh, we have kids that it just sort of, it really does irk me because where are your priorities if the kids come before everything else? And we talked about this, um, someone we were going through our stripped down uh, podcast, small group on the chapter from from the the top top down down. week one. But you know, so that was two months ago, right? Roughly. And it just seems like lately we've been getting a lot of more emails or maybe we're just more sensitive to it right now where, you know, the kids come first. It it, it comes through in your emails. It comes through that. It comes through in conversations I have day to day with people when I'm out and they know about our ministry. Right. And, you know, it's things from, well, you know, I don't have time to, you know, do date night because, you know, what about the kids? I mean, who's going to watch the kids? Or, you know, Susie's got this and Johnny's got that. And, you know, well, who's got time for my husband? Who's got time for my wife? Because, you know, the ki- we have to do the stuff with the kids. Right. Well, quite honestly, what are you going to do? You know, these are the marriages, quite possibly, where in, you know, 18 years, 20 years, when all the kids are out of the house, you've spent the last 20 years focused on the kids mm-hmm. all of a sudden you look across the table and you're like hmm, who are you yep do i know you we have nothing to talk about because we don't have kids in the house and we are the first to tell you that when our marriage was lousy <laughs> partly it was because our marriage was all about the kids needs right and that's not to say that there isn't a season those of you that have infants and young children i i know as a mother that they suck a lot out of you at that age, (laughs) literally and figuratively. The reality is, is I still challenge you to make time for your spouse because as a woman, if all you are worried about is that nursing baby and you don't make any time for your spouse, he feels like he is in the garbage dump. Yep while he logically understands that little baby needs you a lot right now, there's still a little bit of this jealousy thing going on because he had you before the baby. And now there's this baby and you only have eyes for the baby. Remember he helped create the baby. (laughs) Right. You really enjoyed that part. Go back. (laughs) You know, you can't lose sight of your relationship. You can't, you can't be so focused on your children that you forget that they are watching your marriage. Yep. Your kids are looking to you to set the role model, to set the example of what a healthy, loving marriage should be. And if you're so focused on them that you don't have a relationship with their parent, their other parent, what does that tell them? It tells them that they've got all the control in the family. Mm-hmm. And trust me, they will use that to their advantage. They will use that to manipulate you. And it tells everybody else that your marriage is not important to you. Everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because if your kids are the focus, everybody sees that from coaches. <laughs> to Girl Scout leaders, to teachers at school. And I'm not saying our kids are not important to us. I'm saying that in my family, Tony ranks before my children. Right. Yeah, and and, and as a spouse, when, when those kids become above or they are elevated above the other spouse, I like that. I like to call that the hiding behind the kids. There's an issue in your marriage that one of you is not willing to talk about 
or come forward about. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing is you're hiding behind your kids. And that's not cool. I mean, don't don't use them as pawns in your chess game. I mean, love them, care about them. But if there are some issues that are really driving a stake between you and your spouse, go get help. Go find a counselor. Go seek out somebody that you can speak with that can break down those walls. And don't use your kids because as Lisa was saying, you're the role model. You're showing these little guys what a marriage relationship is. They are seeing that from you guys. And I know many of us have had parents and some of you can look back and go, Ooh, man, my parents were not the best role models. They fought all the time. They did get a divorce. You know, dad was never around. Mom was an alcoholic. You know, you've gone through some tough childhood times yourselves. And so don't do the same in your marriage. Right. You have the opportunity to rewrite history. You do. You really do. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, I just think about our kids and where we've come over the years. Because there was a point in time in our marriage where I honestly felt like the third wheel. I mean, it was sort of like, okay, Elisa's doing all her stuff. Then came Alex. Then came Abby. And then finally I came along. And all I was doing was basically going to work providing, make money so that we could have a roof and food on the table. That was it. And then I'd go biking and then I would just air it all out on my bike and think about it. And, you know, but that was my escapism too. I was okay being gone for nine hours at a clip on my bike because I wasn't needed here. That is less so now. I mean, I still love doing my long rides, but I don't do them as frequently. I want to be around because I know that the relationship Elisa and I have is first and foremost. And my kids, even though they can be a pain in the butt sometimes, they, and I can love them at other times, they are not above either Elisa or I. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's that balance that we have created in, in the, and the union that Elisa and I have together when it comes to our kids. Mm-hmm. And, Gosh, I, I want to say even this week, it, he, here's a prime example of of us being united mm-hmm. together. At dinner time, for some reason in our family, and it may be in yours, our kids just don't like what we put on the table. Heck, it could, they could have had it three nights ago and loved it, and we put it down tonight, and it's just junk. It's like they don't want it. They don't care. It's whining. It's everything. So what I've come to do, and this is just for my own sanity because I'd like to eat my dinner in peace at times. Abby will typically, if she doesn't like it, she'll start whining and then she'll start crying. And instead of anything going on, any more of Elisa trying to settle her down or me trying to coerce her into eating or whatever, I honestly, I will pick her up and she'll be, she'll be crying and I will pick her up and I will put her in her room. And I will tell her as calmly as I can that Abby, you may come out when you are ready to have dinner. And that means you can stop crying too, because I don't want to hear the crying and gnashing of teeth. And that is just something we deal with. And she can sometimes be in that room for five, 10 minutes, just crying and wailing. But Elisa and I know this is, we are on the same page with this as we let them do that. And you might be asking, well, what does that have to do with intimacy and my relationship and sex? What it has to do is that neither Elisa or I, when that happens or occurs, neither of us are going, no, 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 that shouldn't happen. They're not belittling. Elisa is not belittling me or looking down upon me when we do that, Mm -hmm. which makes me, if she were to do that, feel less as a dad, less as a husband which then I would take and I would probably store, internalize it, get bitter about it, and hold hold my emotional intimacy, hold my spiritual intimacy, hold my physical intimacy from her. Now, you may not be thinking that way. You may just be going, well, I'm just, I just don't want to hear her cry. 
Well, I understand. I don't want to hear my daughter cry either after a while. It gets old. But sometimes you got to just zone that those kids out. You know, they'll, they'll live. They will live. And I will tell you, most of the times, Abby will come out. She'll sniffle a little bit. We'll tell her she has to eat her four pieces of food because that's how old she is. She'll make sure she eats it and then she'll go grab herself a piece of fruit or some vegetables. Situation's over. And the situation, it's done. And then Elisa and I have nothing to worry about. I mean, it's over. It's it's done. It does not affect our relationship one bit. And that's really something that, you know, we've had to learn over the last few years. We have. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. And, you know, and also learn when to interject because there are definitely times when one of us is dealing with the kids and the other one just needs to say, I think you're getting a little... Yes. Over, you know, like this is going too far or what you said is not, you're it's too, not acceptable. Right. You're too you know? emotionally involved right now. You you need to step back, get away. I will handle it from here. But that, in that instance, when, when that happens now in our marriage, it is one of us protecting the other. Right. It is a protection. It is, it is one of us just going, look it, you're too emotionally involved here you're you're going crazy these kids are driving you nuts you need to get away and one of the biggest instances and i and i praise god to this day elisa did it so well and has really over it has helped me overcome my anger issues with alex is there were there were times when i would just be up in that kid's face and elisa would just go enough you're done and i mean she would just get in there and just go that's it get away and at the time i was pretty heated and I was pretty pissed off at Elisa for getting in front of me because I had this issue with Alex and as I calmed down as I settled down as I realized how I went from zero to 100 in a blink of an eye how Elisa needed to be in there and recently I remember you there was it this past week when you were just, it just seemed like you were just riled up or rearing to go on some things. And I, yeah, I think it was, I think it was last weekend. Was it last weekend? I think so. I don't remember. I don't remember, but you're just like, gosh, you're just, everything the kids did, you're just like, rah, 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 this and that. And I, and I just remember just going, Lisa, just chill out, Get, walk away. I'll, I'll deal with them again. It, it's not belittling Elisa at that point. I'm it's, it's protecting her. I'm there to protect her because I want her to be sound. I want her to be safe. I want her to get a break. And so, you know, as you look at your marriage and you look at your kids and how much you invest in them and the time and is it all good? Is it all beneficial? Is I guess the better way to say it. Because if it's only helping your kids and at the same time destroying your marriage, is it really worth it? Mm -hmm. That much energy and time and effort. And I'm not saying you dump your kids off, but is it, is it time for you to start making a shift in your thinking? Is it time for you to start speaking to your spouse about ways that you guys can be on the same team talking about that? You know, Elisa and I have had to do a lot of talking and sometimes those talkings are after an issue comes up because we don't know it's an issue. Right. And that's, and that's an important thing to keep in mind. You've got to, you know, there are times we sound like a broken record on this issue, but you've got to keep those lines of communication open. You have got to have it be safe to have a conversation with your spouse about how they're dealing with the kids or the position the kids are holding in the family because you have to be able to say, you know what, this isn't working or I, I need more of you. We need to figure out how I can regain that top position. If the spouse is not in the top position Mm -hmm. to say, you know what, we need to do a date night. I, I need you to be okay leaving the kids with somebody else so that I can just have time with you without our children. And this is not to say that you don't love your children because I am going to go on the assumption that everybody listening to this podcast that has children is madly in love with their children. I'm going to, you know, 
just make a blanket assumption. You guys know that I don't do that very often because usually somebody writes in and says, well, that's not the case in my marriage. But I'm going to assume that if you have children that you love them. The fact is, is that your job is to raise those kids to be functioning out of your house adults. If you baby them, if you make them your sole focus and you do everything for them as their mother or their father, I will make you a promise that they will not be fully functioning out of your house adults. Yeah. <laughs> because you will have done everything for them. They need to know that they are not the center of the universe. Right. That is an important skill for our kids to learn in this day and age, that the world does not revolve around them. Right. Granted, two-year-olds, that's a developmental thing. Once they get past that two, three-year-old age, they need to learn that there's a bigger world out there. And one of the ways that you can model that in a healthy way is to model a healthy marriage for them. To model the fact that, you know what, when daddy comes home, and this is our case, when daddy comes home, mommy goes to see daddy first. Unless I get tackled by the four-year-old, in which case, you know what? She's just faster than I am. But Tony's first interaction, nine times out of 10, when he gets out of the car, is with me. Right. You know, if it's time for him to go to work, then it's like, okay, everybody say goodbye to dad. And I'm the last kiss. You know, that's the way it rolls in our family. Unless we have our morning rendezvous. Well, in which case, you know, <laughs> then we are putting each other first. So, <laughs> you know, but that's what I'm talking about. It, it's those things of, you know, think about where your focus is. Right. And and how do you, how do you decrease some of this stuff with the kids? There's, there's just so much going on. And sometimes we just get, we just get pulled in. It's just prioritizing your lives with these guys. And I know some of you have three kids and they're all in sports and they're all teenagers and you got to drive around. And I understand. And I'm not telling you to take them all out. But within that scenario, within that situation, how are you making your spouse number one? How are you making the kids number two? And if it means that the kids need to not do a sport because they're doing two and you're running all over the place, then maybe that's a discussion you got to bring up with them. Sorry to say, man, we grew up, those of us in our thirties and I in particular, I'd go to a ball game, playing in it, practicing it. My parents were never there. My parents didn't roll with me, you know, and yes, we lived in a smaller town Yes, I could walk or bicycle to most of these places. But I'll tell you, on Saturdays, Sundays, when I had soccer games, my dad wasn't there. My mom wasn't there. Am I saying that you can't do that? No. But I'm telling you, I grew up okay. And I'm sure your kids will too. You know, it's 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 just it's ridiculous, man. You got to start putting some boundaries around this crap because they're sucking us dry. And we're coming to the table and I'm like, forget the table. We're going to bed and we're sitting there going, crap, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, but inside I'm yearning for you. I'm dying for you to touch me. I'm dying for you to just hold me. I'm dying for you to just say, I love you. But we're so exhausted from these kids that doesn't come. And a spouse is lying there hurting, dying on the inside, wondering what the heck to do. You know, think about it. I know your lives are crazy. I know it. I, it's not that I live or Elisa live in a bubble. We don't. But we have chosen and continue to choose to make decisions that will put our marriage first. And in our situation, we realize other than work, and that would be my business mainly, the kids are right there. They have the majority of our attention. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's time to, to think about it 
it's time to think about ways to protect your spouse in those situations when it's getting a little hairy with the kids. Remove them from the situation. Make sure to address it once the kids are in bed. How did that work? Is that cool with you? Do you realize that I was protecting you from them? I wanted to give you space from them. I am willing to take it. When I notice that Elisa is getting beat down from them, from especially Abby, because the the the, the woman girl start going head to head, I, I get in there because I want to protect Elisa, and I'm okay if if Abby's screaming at me. I'm okay with it. Heck, I have incidents, instances, instant, whatever, with Abby at night trying to put her to bed. Every other night. Every other night when I try to put her to bed. That girl goes to bed screaming and crying because she wants her mom. And I'll just leave her in her room and let her scream and cry until she can come out and tell me it's ready to, to go read her. That's it. Or sometimes, you know what? The, the thing to do is I've realized with kids when they start getting like that, just hug them. Just mm-hmm. hug them. Just, just love on them a little bit. But realize you're doing that and you're you're doing that in love because you're protecting your spouse and because you want your spouse to realize that you're there. Right. To support. To support. So it, it, it's a tough one, but sometimes you gotta just say, screw those kids. You know, this is this is this is husband and wife time. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to make that time a priority. You have to do this. You can't just say, you know what, when the kids are older, because when the kids are older, there's going to be a difference that, you know, there's going to be, there isn't, it's not going to, there's never, if you don't make the time, there's never going to be the time. When the kids are older, it's going to be when you're 60 something years old, like my dad and my mom who have an amazing love life, which I think is just awesome. Too much information. (laughs) All right. But they told me this. I know they're very cute about it, but. But you know, but you know what I'm saying. But I, I have an awesome conversation. I have awesome conversations with my dad, and I just don't want to end up at 60 years old and finally going, "Oh, right, man." Now it's good, right? You know, my my folks endured a, a crap load, but you know, a different generation. Mm-hmm. They stuck it. They did it. They, and, and they it, and they it work almost on wasn't it. an option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both our parents went through ups and downs and craziness, and and. You know, I look at them now and I mean, they're, they're having fun. Yeah. You know, they road trip, they do, you know, they do stuff together. They go out and get ice cream. They go for a drive. They, you know, they do this kind of stuff. And I look back and I think, you know what? It's because even though we, we knew we were important to them. And I was laughing when you were talking about your parents never go, because my parents always went to sporting events. I mean, I think my parents probably attended every single baseball game my brother ever played in <laughs> until he went off to college. All right. But but they did it together. And it was kind mm. of, it was a family thing. Okay, yeah. For us. I mean, that was just like Andre had a baseball game. That was a family thing. That's what we did. Um, And, and they both enjoyed being there together. So for that, you know, it's kind of like a date, I guess. Right. But we knew we were important. I, I never doubted growing up that I was important, but I always knew that my parents' marriage came first. Mm-hmm. You know, they would do lots of stuff for us and with us, but they had their time. Yeah. A- and and we knew that, and they modeled that as as their marriage. And, you know, even though they modeled it, we fell, you know, both of us, I think, fell away from that when we first got married and life was rough and, you know, things weren't so good. And, you know, kids are a stressor. Big. <laughs> you know, they are not a magic bring us together pill. Nope. Trust me, sleep deprivation and a crying baby will not bring you closer together. And that brings us to those of you who are listening and don't have kids yet. Please don't have them. If you're if you're if your marriage is in a point, oh, I'm like, please don't have kids. No, please don't have kids. If you're thinking that it's it's a gonna, solution, it's going to be a solution. In all honesty. We've heard it way too many times. Oh, we thought we were going to have kids and it'd bring us closer together. Uh, Guess what? It's going to drive you farther apart. So if you're having issues in your marriage now, instead of having a kid, how about go get some counseling? Mm -hmm. How about go working through those issues now before you have the kid? Mm 
So when you have the kid, you guys are you guys are running on all six cylinders mm-hmm. instead of one. You know, um, and that's just come from the heart, you guys. <laughs> I don't I don't want to I don't want to be down on that, but man, I I I've heard it way too many times, and it just I just cringe because you know what? Kids are a lot of work. Kids mm-hmm. are a darn lot of work. I mean they. They take a lot of time. And if you're in a bad place, it's not going to get easier for you. You know, you can work through it. Don't get me wrong. You can. But I'm just giving you sort of like the snippet, the foresight to go get things taken care of. It could it could be three months of work with a counselor and you're done. You've worked through the issues. Have your kid. Go for it. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying work through those issues. If you're in a financial situation and you're like, man, we really want to get out of debt, but we want to have kids, think about some of those things. For Elise and I, one of our biggest goals was when we got pregnant with Alex, it was just like, oh, crap, we, we got to get out of debt now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we just floored it. I mean, we just, boom, we're getting out of debt. We want to have it done before Alex gets around. And so that might be where you are right now. You may just be going, man, we got we got to get out of debt. You know, whatever that might be, don't think bringing the kids in is going to make it easier. It, it just, it just isn't. Take it from, take it from two folks who are about to go on 14 years of marriage, two kids, you know, and for those of you who have the kids and you're there and you're, you're struggling with it, you can do this. You can do this. Elisa and I did it. It's taken us time. It's taken us the ability to talk to each other during those hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, when the situation comes up, that's the best time to get on it, to realize it, talk about it then, because that's when it's it's fresh in your minds and you guys can start working a plan. Everybody's plan is going to be different. We know that. So make it work for your marriage. But when you do, make sure that you and your spouse are the top priority. And those little ones will, those little ones will still be loved. They'll still be taken care of. But you guys are there you guys are united and are together as one because the reality is is that when the marriage is strong the family is strong yeah amen you know when when you have provided the foundation your children will grow and flourish because of that so little preaching from the DiLorenzos tonight We've been, uh, you guys are, are helping us to really, I think, find and refine our voice and our message. And, um, sorry, sorry, Tony's getting me all, that must be my cue that I got to wrap it up. No, now he's got me, you know, getting beeped and stuff. Um, (laughs) now I got to get my train of thought again, just as we, uh, as we close the show, just a couple of things that we want to bring up to you guys um, heading into the holiday season. Um, if you are doing your holiday shopping on Amazon this year, you can actually help support One Extraordinary Marriage by going through the Amazon link, which is on our res- resources page, mm-hmm. on the resources page. Um, and any of the purchases that you make going through there to Amazon will actually, how does that work? It sends a portion back to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An affiliate program, and so um, it's a very easy way to do the shopping you were going to be doing anyhow and supporting one extraordinary marriage all at the same time. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is you know, a couple months ago, yeah, I guess a month ago, so now we had a couple of episodes sponsored, right? And if you, your company, you know, if there's a connection there that we can make and you would like to sponsor you know, a month of episodes or a particular series, um, we would love to hear from you. You can always send Tony an email at asktony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Um, these are just ways that you can participate, have a, a you know, have a presence. Um, our audience is growing week by week and, you know, we're always interested in exploring whatever opportunities might be out there for spreading our message. And if it's, is a um, good partnership your message as well yep. so just some things to keep in mind and with that I think we're going to uh, we're going to wrap up this episode next week 
will be our 14th anniversary. Yay. When you guys, when you guys hear next week's message, um, it will be on our 14th anniversary. So have a great week and, uh, we love you guys. Bye-bye guys. Love you.